my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Hey there, Tanner fans! Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House Fuller House podcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm doing all right. Feeling a little under the weather. Speaking of weather, it's uh, an icky, blustery day outside. I was gonna go see the uh, the Abominable, but uh, I decided it's just gonna have to wait for another day. I just I don't feel well enough right now to go out and really enjoy a movie, but I do feel well enough to cover an episode of Full House, and this episode is special for the month of October. Because it shares a theme, a Halloween theme. This is Season 3, Episode 8, entitled Divorce Court, which aired on November 17th, 1989. Deferring plans on Halloween causes a quote-unquote divorce in the family while the adults avoid wearing a dress. Or try to avoid wearing a dress. The DVD box description goes something like this. The Great Race. To determine who's the best athlete, Jesse, Danny, and Joey lace up their running shoes. In the DVD description, there is no mention of the ongoing fighting between DJ and Stephanie. To make a long story short... DJ and Stephanie no longer go to the same school. DJ's in junior high. She's hanging out with her friends, Kimmy and Julie. Kathy Santoni's got a big Halloween party. Stephanie's like, but DJ, you promised you'd go to our old school's Halloween carnival. DJ is like, look... I'm in junior high. I really have no reason to go back to my old elementary school, even though I promised you. You know, she doesn't want to... You know, DJ tries to put up a good front in front of her friends. Like, no, Stephanie, I'm not going to the old elementary school carnival. Thus creates a dividing line in the sister unit here. This episode has a 7.1 out of 10 rating uh, based on 169 ratings on IMDb. We have a couple guest stars. We got Wit Hertford. Er, excuse me. Wit Hertford. Hertford? As Walter, who you will eventually meet when I cover Nerd for a Day. And Zachary Bostrom, who plays Jimmy. Uh, the one reason I remember this boy here is because he was on, believe it or not, remember the movie Harry and the Hendersons with John Lithgow? There was a short-lived television series called Harry and the Hendersons, and this boy who plays Jimmy in Divorce Court played Ernie, the young son of George Henderson. Jimmy, of course, made his first appearance in Middle Age Crazy, where Stephanie is 
feeling ignored by her family because DJ's the oldest, Michelle's the youngest, and Michelle or Stephanie feels like she does not fit into this family. Like, and that's the thing that stinks, you know. I'm not a middle child. I'm the youngest. I don't know what it's like to be the middle child in a big in a in a family like that. So. Stephanie's like, fine, I'll find someone who does appreciate me and loves me and gives me all the attention in the world, and that would be her best friend, Harry, who she says, Harry, propose to me. Propose marriage to me, and we will have a wedding in the backyard. And Jimmy is the young boy who officiates the wedding in the backyard. So that's where we meet him. I think Divorce Court is Jimmy's last appearance on Full House. Let's go back to Whit Hertford, who plays Walter. This boy, if you guys have seen Jurassic Park, he's a little bit older in Jurassic Park. Let me see. When did Divorce Court aired? Uh, in 89, so this would be... Four years later, he is a smidge heavier. Um, another thing, I would have seen him as an adult in season one of Glee. And I just, I couldn't believe it. At first, at first you want to know who I thought it was? I thought it was the boy who plays Isaac in children, the Children of the Corn movie from the 1980s. But it wasn't. We have also have a girl named Monica who is hanging out with DJ and Kimmy. So this episode was directed by Jeff Franklin. We have writer Jeff Franklin, also the creator. We have Dennis Rinsler as one of the writers and Mark Warren as a writer on this episode. Right, we got some trivia here. When the guys are discussing what teams they were on in school, Jesse, John Stamos, reveals that he was in the Glee Club. Stamos would be a regular guest star on the show Glee as dentist Carl, boyfriend and eventually husband of guidance counselor Emma Pillsbury. Yes, he appeared as Carl the dentist in season two of Glee. He was also... Use some of his singing, beautiful singing voice for the Rocky Horror Picture Show episode. When DJ and Stephanie begin to argue at the beginning of the episode, Kimmy says she's glad her parents stopped having kids after her. In the spinoff, Fuller House, Kimmy has a younger brother named Jimmy Gibbler, which of course was he was created just for Fuller House to be a love interest for Stephanie. All right, first episode that features Lori Laughlin in the opening credits. And the one-minute version of the theme song is used. That's the trivia. All right, here's some goofs. When Michelle scores a touchdown at the beginning of the episode, she throws the ball away. But when they are practicing their grunts at around 56 minutes, it is there again. Did it just say at 56 minutes? The show is not an hour long. It's at like 22 minutes. 24 minutes tops. Continuity. When Joey gets appointed DJ's lawyer, he puts his hands on her shoulders and she puts her right hand on his. In the next shot, her right arm hangs at her side. The first time Becky is shown in this episode, when they are discussing what team the guys were in in high school, her hair is dyed blonde. And when the guys are competing and she shows up to tape it, her hair is back to brunette. I think it's got to be the lighting. It could be a trick of the lighting. 
When Stephanie decides she doesn't want to room with DJ anymore, she moves to Michelle's room. When we see her there, her bed is already there, but neither of the guys knew about it. So there's no way she can move the bed to another room by herself, even with help from DJ. Well, if you think about it, there have been other instances where her bed has been moved. Remember uh, Fuller House when Jesse moves out of his room because he and Becky are now married? Granted, that's um, temporarily, I guess, if you want to call it, moves out because at the end of the episode, they decide to use the attic as their new permanent residence. Which, of course, while that attic is being worked on, they're going to be in their her apartment until then. But there is a scene where DJ's like, hey, since Uncle Jesse's not in his old room anymore and you're going to be moving across the hall, when are you going to do that? And Stephanie's like, yeah, I don't know, when I feel like it. And of course she's laying on the bed. DJ and Kimmy each grab a leg of the bed and start dragging it like it weighs next to nothing. They drag it right out of the room. More continuity at the beginning of the episode when they are playing football. Notice that three minutes and 38 seconds that Michelle's belt is hanging loose. But when she catches the ball at around 3 minutes 42 seconds, it is tucked in neatly. Plot holes. And in, in, and they call it Puppy Love. The episode prior to this one, they get a dog. Yet in this episode, they don't mention it at all. At the beginning of Dr. Dare Rides Again, the episode following this one, they're picking out a name for it. Well, maybe they just can't have the dog in every episode. My guess is these were filmed kind of out of order anyway. Sometimes they do that. And sometimes you're going to see Comet, sometimes you're not going to see him, sometimes you're like, where's Comet? We know, they just got him, where is he? We got a soundtrack song here on the good ship Lollipop, music by Richard A. Whitting, lyrics by Sidney Clare. Alright, we got some user, we got two user reviews. The first one is by Power Mandan, which was put up on IMDb March 7th, 2019, excuse me, 2018. Given it a 7 out of 10 with the title, Not Too Bad. Another one of the many episodes about sibling rivalry. On the whole, it's run-of-the-mill. Luckily, there are some good things that save it from not being a good episode. DJ and Stephanie always go trick-or-treating together now that DJ is in grade 7. Her and Kimmy will go to a party together instead. Stephanie is hurt, leading to a huge feud between her and her sister. Steph spends a sleepless night in Michelle's room, and the family holds a mock trial the next day. Things get resolved right on time. La-dee-dee. La-dee-da. The subplot features Danny, Jesse, and Joey having a race around the track that will be broadcast on Wake Up San Francisco. Winner makes the losers dress up in their choice for Halloween. I'd say this subplot saves the episode. The main plot does, does have a final, a good final few minutes, but that alone would not have been good enough. Alright, this one is by Mitch RMP, and it was put on IMDb on April 14th, 2014. The title, I love you, but I don't like you. 7 out of 10. DJ and Stephanie are at it again. When they bring the 
spite to their dad, he punishes them by sending them to their room, making them stay there until they love each other again. But neither wants to be stuck together, so they fake a makeup scene. Then Stephanie moves out after Danny leaves, and in with Michelle. But this only makes problems much worse the next morning. When Danny finds out, he decides a family meeting is in order. But in the end, guess what? It's Dad, not Justice, that gets the final say. I love Danny and his parenting. I think he does such a great job and comes up with some pretty good punishments, lectures, and sayings. This is no different. He basically tells them how it's going to be and wants no argument. In the subplot, the three men argue over who's the best runner, so they set out to prove it by taking it to the track, and Becky, so happy to see her back again, is there cheering them on with the camera. I love her commentary. So funny. That's right, because she's there with the Wake Up San Francisco crew, and they're going to put it as a segment. So, of course, you know Danny's like, hey, look, it's my show, guys. I gotta win! And, of course... Jesse's like, look, it's my girlfriend. I don't want to lose to you two. All right, for all you Tanner newbies out there, let's tell you how you can get in touch with the podcast. You can follow along, find out about upcoming episodes. The Facebook page, Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, Full House Fuller House Podcast. Instagram, OMHC, Full House Fuller House Pod. On Twitter, OMHC, Full House. If you guys want to send an email, if you have comments about upcoming episodes, past episodes, I would love to hear what you guys got to say. Just remember, if you're sending an audio clip, keep it clean. The email is omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you don't know, if you have Hulu, Full House is currently streaming on Hulu. So, Divorce Court is the first Halloween episode. The next Halloween episode that I will be doing is the only Halloween episode of Fuller House to date. And that is The Curse of Tanner Manor. Alright, everybody. Without further ado, let's jump right into Divorce Court. Of course, before we get into the actual episode, we get to witness the wonderful cold open. So the cold open is in Jesse's room. He's getting ready to teach Michelle an old, an oldie but goodie song. And before he even gets started, he starts snapping. And Michelle's like, well, how do, how do you do that? He's like, oh, what? Snapping? Oh, it's very simple. You take your, uh, your thumb and your middle finger and just go... And of course, Jesse's like, I mean, it's a little hard. I mean, when I was your age, I could barely walk, let alone snap. And right away, Michelle's like, picks it up like that. She's like, I'm cool. And he kind of looks at her and he just smirks like, show off. Hey, what can you say? She picks up things pretty simple. So I'm not sure the song that Jesse is singing. Something about like a, a shark with pretty teeth. It sounds like it goes to the same tune, at tune as, like, when you're smiling. And then he's like, alright, take it, Michelle. And Michelle starts singing Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell, Jingle Bell. It's like, well, we're not there yet. <laughs> so he picks Michelle up. He's like, hey, if you're gonna sing it, you gotta swing it. So he sets her up on the little table where the keyboard is. And he starts snapping his fingers and wiggling his hips and just getting really into it. And it's, just, it's it's adorable. It's a cute little Jess, Uncle Jesse and Michelle moment. 
And that's basically the cold open. It's just, it's really short and sweet and it's adorable. So yeah, the episode opens as Stephanie leads Jimmy and Walter into her room, asks the guys what they want to play. She's like, I got dolls, I got the dream house. And she's like, we could play dress up, maybe do a fashion makeover. I'm just thinking, oh, that's right. Stephanie doesn't have any female friends. I mean, pretty much other than Walter and Jimmy. I mean, she did have Harry, but in Nerd for a Day, we hadn't seen Harry for a while until that episode, and he pretty much just drops her because she's hanging out with Walter. Both Jimmy and Walter look at each other and are like, yuck. No, thank you. Jimmy's like, let's play guns. So they use their thumb and pointer fingers, you know, as guns and pretend to shoot each other. It's like, what kids didn't do this back in the day? You know kids are playing guns now. No, no, no. I love how Stephanie had gotten this feather boa from the, the coat rack in the room and draped it over herself. And when she sees Jimmy and Walter playing guns, she lets the feather boa just slip from her shoulders and drop to the floor as she goes over to the boys. She grabs the fingers of each boy and says, Walter, Jimmy, please. She just looks at them and asks, why are you men always fighting? Walter, of course, is like, well, actually, I'm a lover, not a fighter. With this, Walter whips off his glasses and puckers up his lips. And Stephanie's like, you know what, on second thought, let's play guns. Bang, bang, like, ugh. <laughs> I'm gonna play this clip. <laughs>
you children don't mind, my friends and I have very important things to discuss that are way over your head. Like what? Like guys. Yeah. We're gonna rate them on the Gibbler scale of studliness. <laughs> well, you can rate all the guys you want. But while you're talking about it, I'm living it. So they're playing guns and Stephanie jumps on DJ's bed, grabs her pillow purse and pretends it's made of bulletproof. And I noticed that Stephanie is wearing a flower print floral dress with fuchsia colored cowboy boots. So DJ Kimmy and Monica come into the room and DJ right away takes charge, like, hey, Stephanie, what is rule number one in this room? As Stephanie jumps off DJ's bed, clutching the pillow person. Stephanie's like, uh, not to touch any of your stuff. And she, of course, Stephanie looks down at the pillow person, like, oh, <laughs> of course, sorry. Of course, DJ being the older sister, she has to show off in front of her friends like oh I'm the big sister this is my room I lay down the rules she's calling the Stephanie and her friends dweebs Monica of course is like oh, little sisters what a pain and Kimmy of course is like see this is why my parents I'm happy that my parents stopped having kids after me and of course Stephanie gets Kimmy back with gee I wonder why which, of course, in the trivia, it's like, well, then why does Jimmy Gibbler exist in Fuller House? So that way he can be a love interest for Stephanie. That is the only reason. Oh my gosh, I just had a thought. This is dumb. But, Jimmy, the boy, no, it's, it's, not, it's not Kimmy's little brother, but the fact that that boy's name is Jimmy. I just now thought of that. I know it's kind of stupid, but... <laughs> so, DJ, of course, takes control of the situation. Like, okay, it's time for all puppet people to leave the room. And I said the boys are not like, um, can we at least grab our book bags before you toss us out into the hallway? So, DJ's like, we have very important things to discuss as... Stephanie comes back into the room, says, yeah, so do we, DJ. You and I got to decide what our costumes are going to be so we can coordinate for the Halloween carnival at school. And Monica is like, ew, DJ, you're not thinking of going to the kitty carnival at our old elementary school, are you? And Kimmy jumps in with, oh, no, of course she's not. No, she's going with us to Ka uh, Kathy Santoni's Halloween party. But Stephanie's like, DJ, you promised me that you would go. We go every year. And, of course, DJ doesn't want to look, you know, I guess in her eyes maybe like a dweeb or something by going to her old elementary school. It's like, yes, Stephanie, I did always go with you. And, yes, I will have very fond memories of us going. But I'm not going with you this year. I gotta say, oh... So far, the worst outfit of the episode. It's a tie between Stephanie's floral print dress or DJ's yellow with black squares 
button-up shirt with a black vest over it that's got some painted on like diamonds and squiggly marks on it. It's not great. It's really not good. So Stephanie's kind of like, you know, I think I'm going to be Batman or Wonder Woman or Connie Chung. Whoever writes for Stephanie, when we get these Connie Chung lines, because we do get a few over the course of, um, what's, there's another one where, uh, Stephanie, I think it might be the Tanner versus Gibbler one where, um, Kimmy and DJ had a fight and Stephanie's like, until this blows over with, you know, Kimmy trashing you and other kids calling you names, I think I'm going to change my name to Connie Chung. Whoever writes for Stephanie, or one of the writers, must really enjoy, like, Connie Chung a lot. So they make sure to give the Connie Chung lines. Although, DJ has a Connie Chung line in the IQ Man when she and Kimmy are putting together a career day for their class. Saying that a kid named Jimmy Chung is getting his Aunt Connie when they find out that he couldn't because... He doesn't have an Aunt Connie, and his last name is not even Chung, so. So, DJ is like, look, you guys, can you make like a tree and get out of here? Or make like a tree and leave? Because uh, we got things to discuss. Like, boys. And Kimmy's like, we're gonna write them on the studly scale, Gibbler scale of studliness. Gibbler scale of studliness. And of course, Stephanie's like, well, while you are talking about boys I am living the dream as she puts an arm around or behind Jimmy's back and Walter's back and Walter whips his glasses off again and puckers his lips and DJ and Kimmy and Monica all roll their eyes very heavily like oh give me a break <laughs> not about to be shown up by a seven year old alright so in season three DJ still has her horse figurines on her dresser with a trophy, which could be for soccer or karate. It might be for karate. All right, in the backyard, Joey and Danny are going to play a little touch football with Michelle. Joey is giving Michelle some cues. Like, all right, Michelle, you're going to zig right, you're going to zag left, go long, and I'll hit you. She gives him a thumbs up, says, got it, dude. I thought at first she's going to be like, are you talking to me? <laughs> like, that's a lot of uh, direction for a two-year-old. Or she might be three at this point. Is she two? I got the DVD box here. So currently, Michelle is three. In two episodes, she will be turning four. All right. Because this is season three. In season four, she's going to be four. And then in season five, she's going to turn five. Because she's going to be turning five on the day that Nikki and Alex are born. All right. Actually, no, now that I think about it, it does line up, because with season one, she was about nine months old. Season two, she was two. Season three, she's three, going on four, and so on and so forth. So by the time season eight rolls around, she's eight years old. This is a cute scene. So Danny, of course, kind of gets in Michelle's face. He's kneeling 
like eye level with her. He's like, grrr, and she's like, grrr. And then Joey's like, all right, Michelle, you kneel down. You got the ball. You're going to hike it to me. You're going to give it to me. And then he's like, here, Michelle. She's like, now what? And he's like, run for a touchdown. Right through Danny's legs. <laughs> so Joey's like, spike it. And she tosses it down. And they're all like, got their arms in the air. Yay, yay, yay. <laughs> Granted, while they're all celebrating, <laughs> Danny and Joey. She's like, okay, well, I'm, I, I'm done celebrating. You guys can continue while I sit in this lawn chair as Jesse and Becky come around the side of the house with some groceries. Jesse comes around the corner, takes off his sunglasses, looks at Danny and Joey, and says, Underwear a little tight, boys? <laughs> so Joey's like, hey, look, we were playing football with Michelle. And Jesse's like, really? You two against Michelle? <laughs> My money's on the kid. This is going to get into a little bit of a mini competition of them one-upping each other and what they were skilled at in high school. Danny was a high jumper on the high school track team. And Joey got a letter in football and basketball? Really? Because, I mean, Joey's into hockey, I get that. And when they were playing football when Cousin Steve was around, I mean, he was into that and even the basketball and stuff like that. And he and Danny have played, you know, basketball on occasion, but I didn't know that he was an athlete. Joey just, he doesn't strike the type that, in my mind, I mean, I'm not saying that you can't have other interests. You know, Joey's big on his comedy and stuff like that. It just, I never got the impression that he was into sports, but many facets, many layers to Joey Gladstone. Oh, 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 thank you, Danny, for shedding some light on this theory. <laughs> Danny's like, that's because you were the school mascot, Ollie the Fighting Oyster. Oh, okay, so he automatically got a letter just by being the mascot. You fooled me, Joy Gladstone. You fooled me. So, Jesse has a good old laugh. Like, you were Ollie the Fighting Oyster? And Joey's like, okay, tough guy. What team were you on in high school? Granted, um, no. Jesse immediately dodges the question, like, come on back, let's get dinner started. And she's like, oh, wait a minute, Jess, no, what, what, tell us what team you were on. Danny's like, oh, no, no, he wasn't on a team. <laughs> and Jesse's like, I was on a team. It's like, Jess, come on now. And he's like, uh, okay, it was a group thing. <laughs> and he's like, Jesse. And he's like, okay, I was in the Glee Club. You happy? And I'm like, well, okay, okay, cool. There's nothing wrong with Glee Club. Kevin Arnold from the Wonder Years was in Glee Club. The guys have a big old laugh about it. Including Becky. He, Jesse just gives her the dirtiest look. Like, don't even. All right, I'm going to play this clip where Jesse is like, that's it. I could take you chumps in, chumps in any sport, any time. So this is where the, um, the competition comes in the race to see who's the better athlete come on you know it's gonna be danny not just because we've all seen the episode but danny was on the track team so seriously there is no real competition here jesse may look fit and lean but it takes more than looking the part you actually have to 
You gotta, you can't just look the part, you gotta be the part. And Joey just is all kinds of out of shape, too. I mean, guys, I would be, blech, I would not even be able to get very far. Just sitting in this chair alone, my legs are already cramping. <laughs> that tells you how to, out of shape I am. Underwear a little tight, boys? Hey, man, we were playing football with Michelle. Oh, you two against Michelle? My money's on the kid. Just so happens I was a high jumper on the high school track team. And I got a letter in football and basketball. That's because you were the school mascot, Ollie the Fighting Oyster. You were Ollie the Fighting Oyster? Okay, tough guy, what team were you on in high school? Come on, back with the dinner started. Uh -oh. yes. What team were you on? Oh, he wasn't on a team. Oh, I was too. I was on a team. Yes, sort of. Yes. Okay, maybe it was, it was, a, it was a group thing. Jesse. Okay, I was in the glee club. You happy? Uh chunks in any sport, any time. Right. <laughs> Sing me to death. Oh. <laughs> hey, come on, think about it. Look at the facts. 30-something, 20-something. Hard body, large body. Large body. <laughs> All right, Mr. Universe. I challenge you to some kind of manly athletic event. You're uh, Count me in. Okay, I have a great idea. How about a race? Perfect. Ooh. Tomorrow at the track, 8 a.m., a quarter mile for all the glory. I'll be there. I'll be there. <laughs> I will definitely be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, Jesse does not want to be shown up in front of his girlfriend. So, of course, he's like, that's it. I can take you guys anytime. Any sport, whatever it is, I'm going to knock it out of the park. I'm going to waste you both. So Jesse right away is like, see, 30-something, as he's like, Danny, 20-something, myself, hard body, as Jesse starts flexing his muscles, and large body, as he, you know, uh, Joey. And so it's Danny that challenges Jesse, he calls, Danny calls Jesse Mr. Universe. It's like, I challenge you to a manly event. Some kind of manly athletic event. Jesse accepts the challenge and so does Joey. Like, hey, count me in. Becky's like, oh, this is going to be perfect. I have a great idea. How about a race? All right. Danny's like, perfect. Tomorrow off the track, 8 a.m., a quarter mile for all the glory. So Jesse accepts. Like, I'll be there. And Joey's like, I will be there. And Becky's like, oh, I will definitely be there with a camera and a crew. Because we gotta get this on Wake Up San Francisco. <laughs> this will be an amazing segment. Alright, now we cut back to the house as Stephanie and DJ are screaming, Dad! 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 As they're muttering to each other, your friends have to leave. No, your friends have to leave. Their friends are all still upstairs. Walter, Jimmy, Kimmy, and Monica. That's gotta be uncomfortable. So Danny comes into the living room like, he's, he's very irritated. Like, I just... What is going on? So DJ right away is like, hey, Dad, tell Stephanie her friends have to get out of my room. It's like, DJ, you both share the room equally. You may be older, but that doesn't mean you own the space. 
So DJ and Stephanie kind of carry on as D Stephanie's like, no, you tell your friends they got to get out of my room. DJ faces off against Stephanie. He's like, I'm older. And Stephanie's like, I'm younger. DJ's like, I'm smarter. Stephanie's like, I'm not falling for that. <laughs> oh, DJ says, I'm taller. And Stephanie says, I'm shorter. And then DJ says, I'm smarter. So Danny kind of, like, girls, you need to put a bit of, like, at least 6 to 12 inches apart from each other, like, right now. As he sits on the back of the chair, says, girls, Cool it. I want you both to apologize and give each other a hug right now. This is the Danny Tanner way. You basically, you hug it out. Which, that didn't become a term until Fuller. I don't ever remember Danny saying, hug it out. Stephanie, of course, is like, Dad, DJ promised she would go with me to the Halloween carnival. And DJ is like, I never promised that. And Stephanie's like, but you said that you would go. Now DJ's kind of backtracking, saying, so I changed my mind. And Stephanie's like, well, you can't do that. It's like, I kind of get from both aspects. I mean, DJ wants to hang out with her friends. Kathy Santoni's having a Halloween party. All the kids in school are going to be there. Stephanie is just all about, you know, traditions and stuff like, you know, like, DJ, we went every year. You said you would go. It's not like the adults aren't going to go with Stephanie. I mean, come on. But I think it's all about, I want my big sister there with me. We've done this every year. And he finally has had enough of the girls arguing. Like, that is enough. As he stands up. He's like, look, I want all of your friends to leave. And I want you both in your room right now. He basically says, no, nope, no music, no phone, no television. And you are not coming out until you get along. So the girls are like, all right, yeah, we, we understand. And they start walking away and arguing, no, you're in trouble, no, you're in trouble. And Danny's like, I don't want to hear any more arguing. So zip the lip. So I'm going to play the clip. Dad! Your friends have to leave. Oh, yes, they I do. Dad, tell Stephanie her friends have to get out of my room. Tell DJ her friends, they have to get out of my room. You get out. I'm older. I'm younger. I'm taller. I'm shorter. I'm smarter. I'm not That's, uh, that's a problem with sharing a room and everything. You both gotta share the same space, and if you both have friends over, you, if you, one of you gotta go somewhere else, I guess, then. Luckily, I mean, I never had to share a room, except for, like I said, the short amount of time that I lived at my aunt's house for about a year and a half. I had to share a room with my cousin, who wasn't too happy with having to share, you know, her, her room with me. And, uh, yeah. But I like what Danny does here. It's like, I, maybe saying you can't come out until you get along is a little much. But the fact that he sticks to the, the punishment, 
he's very firm with it. It's like, no, nah, your friend's got to go. You're all upstairs. You're not doing anything that you want to do but just sitting in your room. All right, now we're back on plot B. We got Danny in the kitchen. He's making a healthy shake. We got Joey with a sports watch timing himself as he runs into the kitchen. He's got his windbreaker track pants on. He's got his high tops on. He's got he's in his running gear. Jesse's in his smart gold flecked wire room glasses, which I love. I love the shirt that Joey is wearing. Well, it's more of a sweater. It's got a big, large picture on it of a guy who's, like, running on a track. Because you see, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, like, the different lanes. And the guy's wearing, like, a red track shirt. And then it's got, like, a large, like stopwatch yellow clock like right above the top of the lane there i think that's really whoever put that shirt together that was really creative just for this plot so joey's like hey you snails don't stand a chance tomorrow and and jesse's like why because you took one run run around jog around the block and joey's like well no actually i'm just really excited i found my stopwatch and jesse of course swats joey up the back of the head so Danny's like, hey, look, all I need to win this race is a Tanner Health Shake and you wimps as my competition. So what's in that Tanner Health Shake? Obviously there's milk in it, but I... Is that ice cream? What is... What's in that shake? I want to know. All the boys are talking tough with each other. Uh, Jesse's like, pretty tough talk coming from the cover boy to Geek Illustrated. <laughs> oh, that's creative. Okay, so not only now are they having a race, of course, they have the big competition. They're gonna, Danny's like, hey, let's place a bet on this. You name it and I'll claim it. Looks like Jesse is going to have a pancake, which, I mean, that's not the race. They're still preparing for it, but I definitely probably wouldn't have a pancake if I'm gonna be racing that early in the morning. Joey does his best Arnold Schwarzenegger impression. Alright, Joey's the one that lays down what the bet should be. Tomorrow's the school Halloween carnival. The losers have to wear whatever costumes the winner picks. Okay. And I like that. I like that. Yes, you snails don't stand a chance tomorrow. <laughs> because you took one jog around the block? Actually, I haven't run yet. I'm just really excited I found my stopwatch. <laughs> All I need to win that race is a Tanner health shake, and you wimps is my competition. <laughs> Pretty tough talk coming from the cover boy to Geek Illustrated. <laughs> Geek Illustrated. <laughs> I say we put a bet on this race. Bet? You got it, pal. You name it, and I'll claim it. Okay, you puny girly man. <laughs> Hear me now, think about it later. <laughs> Tomorrow is the school Halloween carnival. I say that the losers have to wear whatever costumes that the winner picks. Okay, so is this dinner? Because I could have sworn that Jesse had a pancake on his plate, but what are the girls actually eating? Because <laughs> they're all up in their room. The girls are. 
DJ's at the desk and chair, uh, the table and chairs in the middle of the room, and Stephanie is hanging out on the toy chest with Mr. Bear. Notice DJ does have a poster of horses, and now she's got two horses on her bedside table. Which, before in the room, I looked and there was not a horse poster. Now all of a sudden there's a horse poster. It's like, this, her, above her headboard, the stuff on the wall changed from one scene to the next. Interesting. So Stephanie's having a chat with Mr. Bear and asks him, when do you think DJ will swallow her pride and just, you know, apologize to me? DJ, of course, turns to say, when that bear answers you out loud. So, of course, Stephanie utters her famous catchphrase, on behalf of Mr. Bear, how rude. Granted, another catchphrase Stephanie uttered earlier, which was, pin a rose on your nose. I like how rude a lot more. So, Stephanie, this would irritate the most nicest person in the world. This would irritate Mr. Rogers if he were still here. Stephanie purposely glugs her milk. Glug, 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 glug. Ugh. That would, literally, it would irritate the most nicest person. But she's doing it on purpose. She's basically just trying to get a rise out of DJ as DJ turns and says, must you glug your milk? And Stephanie's like, oh, why? Does it bother you? And DJ's like, yeah, actually it does. And Stephanie just grins and says, well then, I must. <laughs> so, Mr. Bear, when do you think DJ will come to his senses and apologize? When that bear answers you out loud. <laughs> On behalf of Mr. Bear, how rude. <laughs> Not so fast. Half of everything. 
everything in this room is mine. So DJ's pretty much at her wits end. Um, she's like, look, ugh, I cannot take this anymore. Let's just pretend to make up and then dad will be happy. And she's like, alright, just let me do the talking since I'm smarter than you. And Stephanie's like, you know, if you were so smart, you would have thought of this like maybe three hours ago. Oh my god, they've been up there for three hours. I'd be ripping out my hair and screaming. <laughs> so Danny's coming up the stairs like, hey girls, can I come in? DJ is like, here, get over here, Stephanie, and start laughing so we can pretend like we're actually getting along. As DJ goes and grabs Stephanie's dinner tray from the toy box and moves it to the table where she's at and they just start laughing and danny comes in and he is immediately fooled like oh wow you're actually getting along when did this happen dj's like you know dad we just thought you know why don't we just you know chill out and get along and he asks him, like, well, that's great. Um, did you hug yet? And DJ's like, oh, well, we were saving that for you. So they get up and they hug. And Danny's like, oh, I'm really glad you waited. So, yeah, he's like, all right, punishment's over. As he walks away, because he's going to go to the gym, get uh, pumped up for the big race. And as soon as he is, like, out of earshot and down the hall, but Stephanie and... Michelle, Stephanie and Michelle, Stephanie and DJ break apart from each other like, I can't stand to be anywhere near you. They both utter the word divorce. Like, I want a divorce from you. I'm happy I have a good sister named Michelle who I'm going to move in with. And DJ's like, great, well then I get my own room. Like, all right, fine. And Stephanie's like, oh, before I go, half of everything in this room is mine. So as DJ's going to call Kimmy, Stephanie takes the receiver, the bottom half of the lip phone, and walks out of the room with it. Stephanie's the one who makes the divorce comment first. Like, maybe I'll get a divorce from you. And DJ's like, well, if you want a divorce, you got it. Like, all right. So now we move to Michelle's room where Stephanie was somehow able to move her entire- I bet DJ helped her move that in there because you know Stephanie would not be doing that herself. So now Stephanie's claimed Michelle's room as her own. In my old room, DJ was the big sister. In this room, I am the big sister. Stephanie says, in this room, there are only two words you need to know, Michelle, and that is, okay, boss, as she does a salute. So, Stephanie's enjoying this level of power that she's now thrust upon herself. So, of course, Jesse and Joey have no idea that the girls have done this. Danny's probably still at the gym. Jesse's just coming in to say goodnight to Michelle, and he's like, Whoa, what? What are you doing in here, and why is your bed in here? Who said, who gave you permission to move in here? So, Stephanie's like... I decided it's time for DJ to have her own room. And Jesse's like, oh, I don't know how much she paid you, but give that money back. So Stephanie admits, you know, it was my idea. And Jesse goes, well, it's fine with me, but I'll have a chat with your dad when he gets home. Tells the girls, you know, get some sleep. He gives Michelle a kiss, but he just blows a kiss to Stephanie. Probably because there's real no way, no real way to really access Stephanie's bag because it's like right up against the, the Michelle's dresser. 
So Michelle's like, okay, boss. And Jesse's like, oh, I'm the boss. And Michelle points to Stephanie. She's the boss. And Jesse kind of raises an eyebrow at Stephanie like, what? Is it, where do the kids get this stuff? <laughs> I'm going to play this clip. In my old room, DJ was the big sister. But in this room, I'm the big sister. <laughs> so there are only two words you need to know. Okay, boss. Okay, boss. Ooh, this is gonna be so sweet. Just came in to say good golly, Miss Molly, what's your bed doing in here? I decided it was time for DJ to have her own room. Yeah, well, I don't know how much she paid you, but you give her that money back right now. It was my idea. All right, well, it's fine with me, but I'm gonna have a little chat with your dad when he gets home. Good night. Good night. Jesse. You girls get some sleep. Okay, boss. I'm the boss? He's the boss. Where do these kids get this stuff? <laughs> Go to sleep, munchkins. Good night, boss. <laughs> Hi, Uncle Jesse. I see you're not missing Stephanie too badly. Stephanie Hill. Look at it. There was room for your Uncle Jesse to go and give Stephanie a kiss goodnight as well. But we all know that Michelle is Uncle Jesse's favorite. <laughs> um, Jesse goes to check on DJ, who is rollerblading in the empty space where Stephanie's bed and toy box used to be. And Jesse's like, well, I see you're not missing Stephanie that badly. And DJ's like, Stephanie who? <laughs> is that really comfortable? Like rollerblading on carpet. I've never done that. Now we come back to Michelle's room and Michelle just kind of takes over. Like, this is my room. I'm now the boss. I'm not going to listen to you. Michelle whaps Stephanie in the face with a stuffed animal and Stephanie turns the light on and like, Michelle, what are you doing? It's like 3 a.m. So like, Michelle, did you just hit me on the head? And Michelle feigns innocence. Like, oh, who, me? Like, oh, Michelle, just go back to sleep. Michelle gets out of bed and starts jumping up and down saying, I'm the boss, I'm the boss, I'm the boss. It's like, oh my god. Alright, now it's 8 a.m. the next morning. We got the guys all ready to go for the race. Danny and Joey are doing their stretches. Danny's stretching out his hamstrings. Joey's doing the in with the out. Out goes the bad air. In comes the good air. And Jesse has just got his black tank top, his black sunglasses. He's got what looks like... Jesse stopped at uh, the Krispy Kreme or whatever donut place because he's like, hey, Joey, want a jelly roll? It's Jesse's just not taking it seriously. He's like, I'm just eating donuts. I'm just chilling. He, I, he's sitting on the, basically sitting on the track. Lane four, Joey's in lane three, and Danny, Danny's like in lane six. Of course, Jesse's like, oh, scratch that. You already got one as he pats, Jesse pats Joey's dum-dum. Channel 8. Bam! Becky is there. She's got a film crew. They are going to film this scene for Wake Up San Francisco. It's going to be great. Great publicity for the show. 
Danny, of course, this wasn't planned. He's like, Becky, what's our crew doing here? And she's like, oh, well, you know how much you love my little surprises? He's like, well, no, I never love your little surprises. Becky turns and says, roll tape. Okay, all you lucky viewers of Wake Up San Francisco, we have a special treat for you. A rare glimpse into the athletic macho jock side of Danny Tanner. So Danny, of course, takes the microphone from Becky and is like, hey, look, I'm just running a friendly little race here with my buddies. Joey and Jesse jump in there and start waving. <laughs> He's like, hey, look, it's just once around the track and it's not worth getting a whole segment. Becky's like, oh, I think it is. <laughs> All right, so they're going to get the, Becky says, get the camera car in the position. He's like, what camera car? What are you talking about? It's like, All right, gentlemen, get to the starting line. All right, I'm going to play the clip. Out goes the bad air, in comes the good. Out goes the bad air, in comes the good. Joey. A jelly roll? Scratch that. You already got one. Hi, guys! Becky, what's our crew doing here? Well, Danny, I know how you love my little surprises. I never love your little surprises. Uh, roll tape. Okay, all you lucky viewers of Wake Up San Francisco, we have a special treat for you. A rare glimpse into the athletic macho jock side of Danny Tanner. I am just running a friendly little race here with my buddies. It's it's just once around the track. And it's not worth getting a whole segment on our show with this. <laughs> oh, I think it is. Okay, get that camera car into position. Camera car? Gentlemen, to the starting line. Let's do it, boys. This is it. This is it. I got this. We. Look, uh... Guys, you gotta let me win. I, I can't lose on my own show. I can't let you win. Remember, the winner gets to make the losers wear costumes at Stephanie's Halloween carnival. I already got yours picked out. Big Bird, meet Snuffleupagus. Ah. On your mark. Here we go. Get set. Go. And they're off. Danny is off to a lightning start. Boy, if he continues at this pace, he could break the world record. He's moving. He's moving. Meep, meep. What are you doing here? I got to win this race. Then I suggest you run faster than us. Oh, now he looks like the Danny Tanner I know. You guys are getting tired, are you? No. Not me. Not at all. Me either. For those of you at home who think you're watching a slow motion replay, do not be fooled. They are actually moving at this speed. <laughs> Guys, let's all cross the finish line together. That way, everybody saves face. Fine with me. Is that this pain in my side? I'm all for it. They're neck and neck and neck. Come on, you turtle! That's my girlfriend calling me a turtle. Sorry, Danny. I'm not losing this bet. I already run in costumes. It's my show. I gotta win. Power. Fear of 
public humiliation <laughs> to my worthy opponents, all I can say now is trick or treat, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wrap and a nap. So right before the count off starts for the race, jo Joey's <laughs> Joey Jesse. <laughs> Danny's like, look, guys, you got to let me win. It's my show. I want to look good for my public, for my fans. Of course, Joey's like, look, I can't let you win. Remember, the losers wear costumes at Stephanie's Halloween Carnival. And I already got yours picked out. You're going to be Big Bird Danny. Jesse, you're going to be Snuffle Up, I guess. Granted, Jesse just doesn't want to look like a wimp to his girlfriend. Danny starts out in the lead, but then Joey and Jesse keep, uh, catch up to him. And of course, Joey's got to do that meep meep like the Roadrunner. I love Rebecca's commentary. Like, oh, now that looks like the Danny Tanner I know. Jesse is like the first one to really start getting winded. Like, oh, you guys aren't getting tired, are you? <laughs> and Joey and Daniel are like, oh, no, no, not at all. Oh, bet Rebecca. She's like, for those of you who think you're watching a slow-mo replay, do not be fooled. They are actually moving at the speed. <laughs> so Danny's trying to bargain with Jesse and Joey. Like, guys, let's all cross the finish line together. That way, everybody saves face. And Jesse and Joey are like, okay, yeah, sure. Jess Jesse's complaining about a pain in his side. So, Becky, uh, Rebecca's still commentating, saying like, oh, they're neck and neck and neck. And then she screams at them, come on, you turtles! So, of course, Jesse's like, oh, I can't have my girlfriend calling me a turtle. Sorry, Danny, I gotta win. <laughs> and Joey's like, but I already rented the costumes. And Danny's like, guys, come on, it's my show. I gotta win. So it's a photo finish, and it's Danny Tanner by a nose. And all three guys just collapse on the the track. Like, okay, ugh. So Rebecca gets down there with them, shoving the microphone into their face. Like, gentlemen, any comments? And they're all, like, breathing really hard. Like, eh, eh, eh. And she's like, yeah, I guess I can speak for them. And they probably think, well, we should have run a shorter race. They ran, what, a quarter mile? <laughs> so Rebecca asked Danny, Danny, to what do you attribute that last surge of power? Danny says, fear of public humiliation. And he says, and to my worthy opponents, all I can say now is trick or treat, boy. As he rubs his hands together like, oh, this is going to be good. So Becky's like, all right, that's a wrap. And a nap as all three guys are just splayed on the ground, like, exhausted. They're really spent. So the guys get home, and DJ's down there in her pajamas asking how everything went. And Dana's like, well, I won the race. And DJ's like, all right. Of course, Joey has to add, well, not all of them won, just his nose. Stephanie comes in. Her hair is just <laughs> explosion all out at all sides. She just looks like she had a really rough night. And mind you, Danny does not know that the girls are sleeping in separate bedrooms now. I gotta say, I love those lion slippers that Stephanie is wearing. I want a pair. Mind you, this is before the Lion King, so they weren't Simba slippers. Jesse takes a look at Stephanie and is like, wow, you look trashed. And Stephanie's like, yeah, that's because living with Michelle is a nightmare on Sesame Street. Whoever wrote that line, golden, golden line right there. 
And Stephanie says, Dad, I want my room back. And he kind of looked at her almost like, I don't know what you're even talking about. DJ is like, no way. It was so wonderful waking up to the birds chirping instead of you blowing your nose. Yeah, Danny is baffled. He's like, wait a minute, girls, what happened to that beautiful hug I saw last night? Yeah, it was a fake. <laughs> it was not real. Yeah, Stephanie's like, it was a fake hug. And Danny cannot believe his ears. A fake hug? Really? In my house? In this house? I don't think so. So Stephanie's like, look, it was DJ's idea. DJ goes over to Stephanie, glowers at her, and says, you little weasel. Stephanie's like, I want my room back. And then DJ's like, well, take me to court. And Stephanie says, fine, I will. I'll take you to people's court. So this is where they have a little courtroom scene to see what's going on between the girls, why they're fighting, and why they can't just live in harmony. And it's like, all right, wait a minute. We don't need Judge Wapner. We need Judge Tanner. So we have Judge Tanner. So yeah, they're going to set up a court scene and that way they can decide who is living with who. Well, the thing is, this is not going to be the first problem with the girls sharing a room. Um, if you remember from season five called, I believe it's called Take My Sister, Please. Which is season five, episode three, Take My Sister, Please. Stephanie beds down in the bathtub when neither DJ nor Michelle is willing to share a room. All right, Jesse and Joey are going to be lawyers. Jesse's going to represent Steph, and Joey's going to represent DJ. So I'm going to play this clip here with the court scene. What a night. You look trashed. That's because living with Michelle is a nightmare on Sesame Street. <laughs> Dad, I want my room back. No way. It was so wonderful waking up to the birds chirping instead of you blowing your nose. Whoa, girls, what happened to that beautiful hug I saw last night? It was a fake hug. A fake hug? In my house? It was DJ's idea. You little weasel. I want my room back. So take me to court. I will. I'll take you to people's court. Wait a minute. We don't need Judge Wapner. We have Judge Tanner. Now here's an idea. We will have our own court right here in our living room to decide who is living with who. Great. And Joy and I will be the lawyers. That is a great idea. The court appoints Mr. Kasopoulos to represent Stephanie and Mr. Gladstone to represent DJ. I expect you to tell the whole truth. All right. Court is now in session. Defense, please call your first witness. Your Honor, I call Donna Jo Tanner to the stand, please. Donna Jo, please tell the court why you no longer wish to share your room with your perky little sister. Ah, objection, Your Honor. Please instruct counsel not to characterize the plaintiff. How do you know all that junk? I love those lawyer shows. <laughs> DJ, please tell the court what your problem is with Stephanie. It's simple. She's in elementary school. I'm in junior high. We have nothing in common. And I really need my privacy to make phone calls, to put on makeup. But every time I turn around, there she is. There must be five or six of her. Thank you, Donna Jo. Your witness counsel? Ms. Tanner, 
have to state it on record that you have nothing in common with my client. But isn't it true that Wednesday last you were found playing Barbie dolls with young Stephanie? Well, there was nothing else to do. I, it was raining. No further questions, Your Honor. I'd like to call Stephanie Judith Tanner to the stand. I can't live on the show. I'll go nuts. Please wait for the question. So, why can't you live with Michelle? I'll go nuts. I have a question. Why did you move out in the first place? Because I can't live with DJ. At least not this DJ. I miss the old DJ. The one who used to like me. Steph. It's not that I don't like you. It's just that I'd like you better if you were in a different room. Well, that is just not gonna happen. Michelle is still very young, and I don't want her to have a roommate right now. Stephanie, you have to realize that DJ's becoming a young woman. Things aren't gonna be exactly the way they were. You have to understand that. Okay. And DJ, you have to understand that Stephanie is still gonna be your roommate. So you have to find some way to get along with her. Okay. Girls, I, I realize this five-year age difference seems like a lot now, but before you know it, it won't mean a thing. You know, someday, girls, you're going to realize just how lucky you are to have one another. Okay. Let's move Stephanie's stuff back into her room. So, can't we play more lawyer? <laughs> so it's, it's interesting. These guys just got back from running a race. They just walked in the door. Neither of them has had time to shower and change clothes. So I can only imagine. It's like, oh, you guys need to but they jump right into this divorce court scenario. So they have DJ take the stand first. Joey, of course, says, Donna Joe Tanner, can you please tell the court why you no longer wish to room with your perky little sister? And Jesse jumps right in there because he's defending Stephanie. He's like, okay, let's not uh, characterize the witness there. Or my client, excuse me. And it's kind of funny because Joey looks at Jesse and says, Wow, where do you know all this lawyer stuff? He's like, oh yeah, I love those lawyer shows. I'm looking at this here. Divorce Court aired in November 17th, 1989. I want to see if there's any connections. Alright, so what I'm seeing here as far as for a lawyer show, Law and Order would not air its first episode until the following year, 1990. Um, they talk about Judge Wapner, so I'm thinking People's Court. When did that start? The People's Court, 19... Wait, who's this lady? Wait a minute, hold on. The People's Court, 1981 to 1993. Joseph Wapner. Couples Court with the Cutlers, 2017. The People's Couch is something completely different. Um, when did Judge Judy start? Judge Judy started... Oh, hold on. I spelled Judy Judy. Okay, Judge Judy. Uh, 1996. Looks like... So, yeah. I'm kind of wondering... I mean, Matlock says it was from... 1986 to 1995 that could be another show um that aired at the 
around the time that maybe Jesse could have been watching. Murder, she wrote. Wasn't that about a murder mystery writer? Professional writer and amateur sleuth, Jessica Fletcher, uses her intellect, charm, and persistence to get the bottom bottom of the every customer she crime she encounters. Well, excuse me. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Neil Matlock, People's Court, stuff like that. Danny, of course, is like. Look, DJ, can you just tell the court what your problem is with Stephanie? Oh, DJ gives the same answer that she's later on going to give in the Take My Sister Please in Season 5. She starts out with, well, it's simple. She's in elementary school. I'm in junior high. We live in two different worlds, basically. However, she makes a bigger case in Season 5 when DJ is then in high school and DJ... Or, and Stephanie is still in middle school. Or, uh, I mean, Stephanie is still in elementary school, guys. I'm sorry. Um, and an even bigger fact later on is she makes a good point that Stephanie and Michelle are the same age that DJ and Stephanie were when they started sharing a room. However, in divorce court, it's a little different. Um, Danny says, I understand what you're getting at when... DJ lists her complaints of, you know, I can't talk on the phone, I can't put on makeup, I can't do the things that even really have any real privacy because Stephanie is always there whenever I turn around. And I understand Danny saying, look, Michelle's still very little, I really don't feel comfortable with her having a roommate just yet. And I kind of wish we could learn some of Danny's reasoning behind why he doesn't want Michelle to have a roommate other than the fact that what she's too young because Michelle is just three she's not four yet she won't turn four for at least a couple more episodes I mean is there an appropriate age for two kids to share a bedroom together I mean is there a certain age that is too young another thing that DJ brings up is that they have nothing in common well you're five years difference in age. I get that DJ's older. She doesn't want to share a room with her little sister. But that doesn't mean you don't... Common interest, I guess. You know, DJ's into talking in the on the phone and hanging out with friends, going to the mall and putting on makeup and stuff. But Jessie kind of takes that we have nothing in common comment that she makes and just runs with it. Well, okay. Because he's going to cross-examine her. He says, well, you claim that you and Stephanie have nothing in common. But last Wednesday, I saw you and little Stephanie playing Barbies in your room together. So you can't exactly say you don't have anything in common. And TJ's like, well, I mean, it was raining. And it's like, no, 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 no. You can't backtrack. And TJ is kind of mean by saying, like, every time you turn around, there she is. There must be five or six of her. And... I feel for Stephanie. I mean, I know she is a bit of a snoop and that will carry on throughout the show's run that she is a bit of a snoop and she doesn't really give DJ the privacy that she wants, but you can't, DJ, you are the big sister. You could stand to be a smidge nicer. Of course, now Jesse has Stephanie go up to the witness stand and as she and DJ pass each other, they both stick their tongues out at each other. Right away, Stephanie's like, I can't live with Michelle. I'll go nuts. 
And Jesse's like, well, please wait till I ask the question. Now, why can't you live with Michelle? I'll go nuts! <laughs> I'd be like, okay, can you, um, give me a little more than just I'll go nuts? Like, what is this living situation? Clearly, you look like you haven't slept, so maybe she's keeping you up all night with the noise and everything. I'd be like, yeah, she actually was jumping up and down on the bed for hours on end, and I just, ugh. So Danny asked Stephanie a question. Why did you move out in the first place? Stephanie basically tells Danny, look, I can't live with DJ. Or at least not this DJ. He says, I miss the old DJ, the one who used to like me. And I think it's the fact that they don't go to the same school and that DJ is. I mean, she, there's a good five-year age difference in between both girls, so... I think about it, there's a six-year age difference between my sister and I, and I was, you know, I was, when I was born, she was six. Think about it, when I got to be six, she was 12. <laughs> Not gonna have anything in common. We both go to the two different schools, you're both on two different schedules. You know, we didn't actually ever have to share a room, we each had our own. And that's the thing, you know, with sisters, some are, sisters are closer than others. Some sisters grow closer over time, given circumstances and stuff like that. You know, my sister and I really weren't close growing up. She had to watch me all the time, and I think that kind of put a, a wedge in there, and she saw me more as a, someone she had to take care of and watch, other than, you know, someone that she could bond with and, you know, relate to and stuff like that, so... Getting back to Full House here, DJ gets up and says, look, Stephanie, it's not that I don't like you, I just, I think I'd like you more if you just, if you were in another room. And Danny looks at DJ's like, honey, that is not going to happen, okay? Michelle is too young to have a roommate at this time, and I feel that you guys are going to have to learn how to live with each other and learn to get along. In other words, you guys got to find some common ground. So Danny does tell Stephanie that she does have to realize that DJ is becoming a young woman and you do need to respect her, the fact that she does need privacy from time to time. And that things aren't going to be exactly the way that they were. And you know, he tells her, honey, you're just going to have to understand that things aren't going to be the same with you and DJ. She's getting older. She's going to have other interests and stuff like that. And Danny turns to DJ and says, you have to understand that Stephanie is still your roommate, so you need to, that you have to find some way to get along with her. I like how Jesse and Joey also kind of add in a little bit here. Um, Jesse says, look, I know there's this five-year age difference seems like a lot right now, but believe me, in a few years, it's not going to mean anything. I'm surprised that he didn't say because... You know, Jesse and Pam have a bit of age difference. They're maybe, what, four or five years apart? So it would have been cool if he could have, like, thrown in a little tidbit about their mom. Like, your mom and I didn't, you know, there were times that we didn't get along, even though, you know, she was my big sister and I looked up to her and everything like that. But there were other times where she couldn't stand to be around me. And I really love what Joey says here. As he says, you know, someday, girls, you'll realize how lucky you are to have one another. It's like, yes, Fuller House. They're going to, Stephanie's going to drop everything. She's going to be there for her sister when she needs her to help with, you know, the boys, Jackson and Max and Tommy. 
And DJ's going to be there for Stephanie and help her with, you know, becoming, you know, a mother for the first time and everything. That's what I love about this family is that they're there for each other. Whether you want them to be or not, they are, you turn around, they are there for you. And that is just, it's a great message. It's a great feeling. You know, family members, they're not always going to get along, but the ones that, you know, definitely that you can depend on are the ones that are going to, they'll stick around. They'll be there for you. So they all decide to help Stephanie move her stuff back into her old room. And Jesse's like, oh, what, we can't play more lawyer? <laughs> no, we can't. So now Stephanie is showing off her Batman costume for Mr. Bear. Aww. I gotta be honest, guys. Um, hey, I'm not a fan of Batman. I know my husband will say I can't be married to you anymore. You don't like Batman. You don't like Star Wars. You don't like Indiana Jones. Like, it's not so much that I don't like them. It's, I just have no interest. I watch, like, Batman Begins and, um... The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises or Returns, I'm not sure which one, um, but they're good movies, but I just, I think because it's being pushed on me, like, it's such a great movie, you're gonna love it, and it's just like, eh. if I want to watch them, I'll, I'll watch them on my own, and I want to come to them on my own if I choose to do so, not because someone's shoving it down my throat. <laughs> And this is 1989. Uh, Stephanie is like, hey, Mr. Bear, do you think anyone will be dressed as Batman this year? It's like, well, it is 1989. Batman did come out. What? Let me check when Batman came out into theaters. All right, it says that Batman, the movie in 89, was released on June 23rd. So it was definitely a summer movie. So everyone and their cousins going to be dressed as Batman in 89 for Halloween. <laughs> Everybody. I'm going to play this clip. It's just so adorable. Stephanie and Mr. Bear. And of course, DJ comes in dressed as the Joker. This is really creepy. <laughs> so, Mr. Bear, do you think anyone else will be dressed as Batman this year? <laughs> Boy, I'm going to get tired of doing this laugh all night. Well... Fight your party. <laughs> Why are you moping around? You love the carnival. Yeah, but it's gonna be my first carnival without you. I don't get it. <laughs> Why do you want to hang out with me so much? Well, the truth is, I like to hang out with you because I want to be just like you. <laughs> You're smart and pretty and really cool. When you want to hang out with you, can't argue with any of that. <laughs> I guess sometimes I like hanging out with you, too. Really? How come? <laughs> well, you're a little nutty, but you always make me laugh. And you have definite cool potential. Tell you what, I'll go to that Halloween carnival with you, and I'll go to my party later. Really? Aw, thanks, DJ. Hold oh, that hug. I don't want a roommate. <laughs> Since I have to have one, I guess I couldn't think of anyone better than you. Wow! Two nice things in a row! <laughs> now? Now. Aww. Aww. <laughs> Batman hugging the Joker. <laughs> now this is how the movie should have ended. <laughs> yeah! 
And wearing the Joker mask, and she like she pulls it off. She's like, "Oh, this laugh! I'm gonna get tired of doing this all night." And I totally forgot that she was still going to, you know, Kathy Santoni's Halloween party. And DJ's like, "Steph, I don't get it. You love the carnival. What's going? What's up?" And Stephanie's, you know, heard it's a tradition. They go every year. This is gonna be her first one without DJ. But this is a really sweet sister moment between DJ and Stephanie as DJ sits down on Stephanie's bed next to her and asks, why do you want to hang out with me so much? And Stephanie admits the truth. I like to hang out with you because, well, I want to be just like you. And what little sister didn't want to be like her big sister? I mean, I know I kind of want to be like, you know, Nicole, my sister, a little bit. I mean, I admired my sister because, you know, in my eyes, you know, she was cool and she listened, you know, to, to music and just had a lot of friends and stuff like that, had boyfriends, and it was just, it, it, she was just really cool in my eyes. So Stephanie kind of starts listing DJ's attributes, saying how smart DJ is and pretty and really cool. And I love how she comes up with, well, wouldn't you want to hang out with you, DJ? And DJ's like, well, I can't argue with you there. <laughs> and DJ admits that she likes hanging out with Stephanie also. And Stephanie's a little guarded here where she's like, really? How come? It's like, okay, you tell me the reasons why you want to hang out with me. And DJ's like, well, I mean, you can come off a little nutty, but, you know, sometimes you can be kind of cool. DJ stands up and starts headed towards the door and she turns back to Stephanie and says, you know... I don't really want a roommate, but if I have to have one, I'm pretty glad that it's you. So they hug, and it's really sweet, because Danny comes in, and like, aww, Batman hugging the Joker. That's how the movie should have ended. Okay, I'm missing something here now that I think about it. I swear that DJ went in, unless that's another episode, but I swear it had to have been this one, right? Because DJ, like, tied all of Stephanie's shoes together? I swear that was this episode. Michelle comes in dressed as a black and white kitty cat. And then, of course, Jesse and Joey come in dressed like really scary adult versions of um, Shirley Temple. Dressed in pink dresses with white polka dots, carrying lollipops, singing the good ship lollipop. DJ agrees to go to the carnival with Stephanie and she'll just go to Kathy Santoni's party later. So it's a win for Stephanie. DJ gets to do both. Stephanie gets to be happy. Her sister's going to be there with her. And that is the episode. I thought this was cute. I mean, honestly, if I had to 
say it's not really in my top 10 or even my top 5 of episodes, but uh, it's cute. I like the sisterly talk between DJ and Stephanie at the end. So I'd have to say lesson learned from this episode is just sometimes even though you don't get along with your sibling, circumstances being what they are, you might have to share a room together. It might stink, but then maybe you guys end up being closer down the road or you find some common ground or, or something. And I guess just some things we just got to live with for the time being and hopefully in other words, just make the best of a bad situation. Um, as far as for relatable, I really don't have a relatable character of the episode. As far as for worst outfit is definitely going to go to DJ with the yellow shirt with the black squares or whatever it is on it. And then she had that black vest with the, the flower print or whatever it was. I just, I didn't really care for that. Best outfit, I think it's going to go to Stephanie's Batman costume. I may not be in the movie, but I thought the costume was cute. And for runner-up, I would say DJ's costume of the Joker was pretty cool. I think the last time I would have dressed up would have been in 5th grade when I was 11. Um, I had a, a bloodhound dog mask. And... um. I remember I was going trick-or-treating with... Usually I went trick-or-treating with Debbie and my my Aunt Debbie and uh, her kids. And I remember this one time... (laughs) My dad came out onto the deck and he was wearing that dog mask. And he had this, like, gold moth-eaten blanket, like, wrapped around him. And it was was my dad just being goofy. But now that I, I remember that scene, my dad doing that, um... Gosh, what? Um, I think once I might have dressed up as a clown and I just remember that curly rainbow wig just making my head itch. No, actually it was giving me a headache is what it was doing. Here's something. Uh, 1989 was all about the painted face for guys. The Joker as immortalized by Jack Nicholson in the Batman flick was the top choice. Uh, let's see. Batman and Joker costumes were selling out at $275 and $320 a piece. 93, adults and kids were alike were dressing as Barney the Dinosaur or Aladdin and Jasmine. Uh, 1998, of course, there were kids dressing like Kenny from South Park or Scream, the Scream face, ghost face. 1985, Hulk Hogan and Elvira. My sister was going to dress up like Elvira, but of course my grandma put a stop to that. So I, there's a picture of my sister with this long black wig and this like brown overcoat. <laughs> Let's see. Also, big year for Richard Nixon around Reagan costumes. Patrick Swayze's gang from Point Break was a popular group costume. Also. Alright, the next episode for Halloween I'm going to be doing for the month of October is Fuller House Season 2 Episode 4 entitled Curse of Tanner Manor. Jackson and Ramona would rather die than go to DJ's family Halloween party where Fernando and Kimmy pull off the ultimate ultimate couple's costume. Guys, I'm going to be honest. Um, I've seen Curse of Tanner Manor and I've seen Divorce Court you know, half a dozen times. 
I really gotta say, I kind of like Curse of Tanner Manor a little bit more just because there's a lot more going on, whereas Divorce Court mainly just had the girls fighting and in separate rooms and then, you know, the race against the guys. Whereas this one's got a lot of different side plots. We got Jackson and Ramona. We got DJ dressing the boys, you know, up for Halloween costumes. And, of course, Kimmy and Fernando got their thing going on with the couple's costume. There's the Halloween party. Uh, we meet, uh, well, we met him before, actually, in season one. Max's annoying little friend named Taylor, who's a snooty patootie, but uh, <laughs> I just think it's going to be really cute. There's just, I like, there's just some episodes of Full House, like, some I like, like, not as well as other ones, and Divorce Court is, it's alright in my book, but there are a lot other episodes that are better. I want to find out, because I looked, I went back, and I looked, and I could not find the two, the DJ tying all of Stephanie's shoes together, but I want to find that out, because I know I've seen that. If it's not in Divorce Court, then it's got to be in another episode where they're fighting with each other. I think about it, I wonder if it's season two. I cannot think of it for the life of me. I swear it had to have been this episode. I remember it clear in my head. The girls are coming down the stairs. Stephanie's got a long line of shoes that DJ has tied all the laces up. And he's like, hey, you are going to help her untie all of those shoes. And then when he leaves... Stephanie's like, the man, you heard the man untie my shoes. And of course, DJ's like, yes, here's help. Start with the the ones with the laces or something. I remember that clear in my head. And I'm like, if it's not that episode, then what episode is it? <sighs> well, maybe I'll figure it out. And by the time I get to the next episode, I will have come to... Uh, figure out, solve that riddle that is just going to drive me cray cray all day long but, all right everybody have a wonderful halloween week next week bye bye